We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's very special episode, a 2020 year in review recap with A-double-L-E-N. Alan is in the building. Back-to-back episodes with Alan. Go and check out the Patreon. Some new wrinkles on the Patreon this week for all the members in the franchise tag and the Supermax tiers. That is Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Ryan Pisner. The names that I just mentioned now, I've already reached out to you. I am sending out merch your way this week. So be on the lookout. Check the P.O. boxes. Check the addresses. Check whatever you need to check. You got some dope shit coming your way because of the contribution. One thing that I'm doing now moving forward is every January and July, if you are a member of the franchise tag or the Supermax, you will be getting a free merch item every January and July. Now, there are some people that just signed up for this. For example, Devin Rendon, Jake the Snake Powers. I don't know if Snake is his middle name, but, you know, Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts. So just Jake Powers. It just flows. You know, I didn't make the rules. I'm just going about it. And Mike Wozniak, you guys are also in this tier. You're going to have to stay on board. And starting July, you'll be getting some free shit. Maybe if you're there until July, I might double up the item for you guys since you guys just joined now. But it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Go and help support the show. It's paying for this dope ass studio that I put together. And there's a lot of extra content, man. As I'm on the Patreon right now, there's a bunch of six packs. Those questions with a bunch of guests. Every guest got to answer the six pack. And now I'm adding a new wrinkle to that. You're getting episodes a little bit earlier than usual. If I have an episode up, I just put put it up there. So the episode that's coming out on Wednesday with Valerie Theofanis, she's a Channel One, New York Channel One news reporter, traffic reporter, producer. That episode's been up since last week. So it's something that you can go and check out and you can have access to. And then there's also the Discord. You get the betting stuff. You get contest giveaways. You know, we're going to be putting together a playoff bracket challenge. So everyone that's in the 10 and 20 and $40 tier, be on the lookout. Going to send you a email or an invite for the playoff challenge. We did it last year as well. So, yeah, man, a lot of cool shit, you know. So it goes a long way into helping build the podcast. So sit back, relax. Oh, just remembered. YouTube channel is pumping out stuff. So if you want to watch some of these videos and some parts of the episode, they're on there as well. So 
Thank you all for listening. Rock and roll 2021. Eye contact sets the tone. You guys know how it goes. Enjoy 2020 year in review. Me and Alan. Congrats. gentlemen welcome to the 2020 year in review pod my guest my guy the good brother a double l e n alan what up yeah man usually i'm excited about end of the year but 2020 it's been uh, <sighs> an odd phenomenon i just want to i just gotta take a deep breath yeah a full exhale and just it's been a very interesting year um I'm sure for everybody, both personally and professionally, no matter what your craft is, it's been uh, pretty wacky, pretty out of control. A lot of good, a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, just you know, the year in review, we got a bunch of fun topics on here. Hopefully, lighten the mood up as we head into 2021. Uh, give me overall thoughts on 2020 from a sports perspective. I think it showed us that, especially the human side of it, how... Everyone showed gratitude, gratitude towards you know what's going on in the country, and then obviously the social justice movement. But I think just seeing more, I guess, teams unifying, and I just think everyone's got emotions, man. Not everyone's here to be robots. Like, like when you see people in pain, it's gonna affect you. So I think just seeing sports, you know, unite in a way, and you know, players really take the initiative for. You know, global, not global, no, social change in general. And that's why I took away from it. But I think also this is adaptability. I think especially the NBA, the way they took on, you know, what's going on with COVID, creating the bubble and just still playing at such a high level. Like I thought the playoffs were amazing. Like I enjoyed every bit of the playoffs. So I want to, you know, you got to salute the basketball teams, football teams, you know, all major sports, even though I'm not into baseball, hockey. Like I think just their ability to still play at a super high level and give us the entertainment that we always expect from them during these times where they get no crowd and it's hard maybe sometimes where we can't really get that same intensity. You can't have that 20,000-person crowd or that 70,000 stadium and they're still playing at the highest level. We still see people like Pat Mahomes, LeBron James, you know, being the best at what they do. So I think that's been a huge takeaway as well. Yeah, man, it's, um, I think I've never appreciated sports more than this year. Because remember, we didn't have it for like eight weeks. And then the UFC popped up with their first event, Ferguson and Gaethje. And then that was sort of ushering in the new era of what sports were going to be like, right? The the sideline visuals and the, the in wrestling, they do the Thunderdome where you can be on it on a LED TV in the audience and it's like you're there. Mm-hmm. Um and of course like with the bubble and whatnot. But yeah man, I think I appreciated sports more than ever before. Like the idea of escapism. Like everyone has their own escape from reality, right? right. Like some people it's reading, some people it's working out, some people it's comic books, video games, sports. For me it's a combination of a lot of things. And like not having sports for a little bit was like fuck damn what is there to do you know from a show perspective it was really really weird because it allowed 
us over here at VM to adapt and sort of, you could have done one of two things, right? You could either bitch and moan that there was no sports and you were just going to like tap out and be like, ah, man, you know, like I got nothing to talk about. Or this is where you take the chance to be creative and come up with new ideas, new segments, more long form conversations, experimenting with different interviews and different conversations. And dude, at the start of 2020, my goal was to be in a studio and then with no sports, I still reached my goal. And this was a big growing year for me with the show. And now it's, I think it's the vibe, man, of like when you walk in here, man, I had my college buddies come in the other day and they're just like, yo, it's, it doesn't do it justice when you watch it on YouTube or you watch the video clips. Like in here, it's, well just, said, yeah. it's a different vibe and the energy in here and a place to be creative and. You know, the, the show, it's the best the show has done mm -hmm. in a very, very long time with no sports. So it was very eye-opening for me in, in, in the sense of, like, looking at something positive that came out of this year. I don't know how I could follow that up. Yeah. No, yeah. but, no, that it's well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's well said. Just, it doesn't, if you watch on YouTube, it doesn't do it justice when you see this whole setting here, the lights, you know, the cool, uh, you know, we got snow cold we got nipsey like it's just it's cool you, you apply some of your favorite things to a wall it's kind of like a wall of fame and just you know this huge setup and you know, the modern still like i love this table that we have here the yeah. light it's like everything seems modernized but also you can feel the energy behind it too so i think that's why when you're actually in here and experience it you get like this feeling whoa we're doing something really cool here yeah man and and i like that you said we because that's one thing that i'm going to start doing now too is it's more we it's not it's not me mm -hmm. like that's one thing that i really realized like man you know i mean eric's in the background he came on board during quarantine and you know he's been doing tremendous with the editing and whatnot and you know you got alex you got taryn that comes on every now and then e killer runs the patreon and the discord mm -hmm. we got dom who also edits and he's been producing in the background mm -hmm. as well and i mean you know, you, you come on whenever I need you to come on, and you'll be on for a couple of weeks now moving yeah. forward, like in the playoffs. Shout out to Dylan, by the way. Dylan had a really fun episode. Yeah, <laughs> the Dylan pod, man. That's uh, Dude, probably one of my, my favorite yeah. episodes ever. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Zav, too. Yeah, Zav also. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just it's something that I, I, I really wanted to to do. And, you know, like you said, man, like something that we're doing. And that's, that's my goal for 2021 because I can't do this on my own for as much mm. as – you want to say that you could do it all on your own and shit like you can't like mm -hmm. i um it was funny someone texted me and they're like yo when you're gonna have alan back on because i love when you guys talk football it's like damn we gotta hey. get back to the roots yeah. you know like can't the experimenting is cool and being able to evolve the show and now it's mm -hmm. now i have i i truly have an idea of what the show is right like you get two different kind of shows mm -hmm. but it's all mixed in one you get different personalities different conversations and interviews and intriguing mm -hmm. ones but also like, yo, there's a whole team that's behind this and yeah. you got a core group. Yeah, you got a core group and you yeah. got guys that believe in the show as much as I do because, you know, Eric came all the way from where are you from? Jersey? Jersey. Yeah, he's from Jersey. What part of Jersey? Central Jersey, but he's he's like over okay. an hour and change away. You know okay. what I mean? So for him to commute here, he believes in the product too. And you know, okay. shout out to Blue Wire, some of the connections that we're continuing to make and whatnot. And nice. So it's it's just good to have a team behind the man that believe in the product. And you know, the the end goal is still the same. Like I want to turn this into something big, where like one day I pay you motherfuckers too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we have something really cool going on. But you know, 
uh, I wanted to bring light to that as far as because everyone's been like, oh, it's, it's been a bad year. It sucks. It sucks. It's like, yo, it's been challenging. It's That's been what challenging. Yeah. yeah, it's exhausting, you, you demanding, to, but there's yo, been positives. My oh, dad, yeah. my dad told me from a young age, he's like, yo, you could do one of two things. Whenever you're, you're faced back against the wall, mm-hmm. some real life shit goes on. He's like, yo, you could sit and bitch and moan mm-hmm. about like, oh, why me? Why is this happening? Yeah. Or you could try to address it, address it. Yeah. Make adjustments and, and evolve. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. And that's that's something that was really eye opening for me for for 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start off with this one. Favorite moment of the year for you, Alan? What would you say it was from a sports perspective? Oh, like actual. So not the biggest. You would say like more just personal. Just your, your personal favorite moment of the year. Personal favorite moment. I loved when Bayern Munich beat Barcelona eight two. I just thought it was such a just masterclass of the sport. He was just like I knew going to the game. It was core finals and Barcelona was looking dicey, but everyone had okay Messi factor, and they still have some of their core pieces, you know, like some Busquets and PK and Suarez. But I was just like, no, this, this Bayern's starting to fire on all cylinders. They already just won the Bundesliga. They won the German Cup. They ruined my fucking futures ticket on PSG. Those they, fucks. They did. Yeah, <laughs> but before that, they beat Chelsea pretty handily. You were telling me like, man, I think I should hedge. You should hedge if I was you. Like yeah. Bayern is unstoppable. Alex was telling me the same shit. He's like, bro, you know Bayern. They have like, crazy, nah, man, Neymar, baby. Yeah, crazy firepower and uh, just seeing like every eight minutes there was a big chance and just. The way they were playing, like their whole back four was just pressing up. I had never seen, you know, the best teams in the world now play a high line. I had never seen a high line like this before. We're literally like Alfonso Davies, the Canadian sensation, just pressing up. And then you have Alaba and Boateng, and it was just unbelievable. Pavard came in for a bit. Like it was just, uh, you know, Kimmich, I think, is one of the best German players. It was just a huge Bro, what about assault. The year Lewandowski had. Yeah, well, you know, up like, top, yeah. he did his thing. So. It was just all these players coming together, and it was just like a lot of young talent. But then you had the German Garden. It was crazy seeing the likes of Neuer and Boateng and Thomas Muller there because they were also part of the 2014 Brazil shellacking. Yeah. So I, that's just my favorite moment, just because I, I love seeing like a truly elite team do it on a big stage. And just, you know, I, I love Messi. I'm not saying anything against Messi, but I think it was kind of a reality check for Barcelona. Like, okay, we're not part of the elite anymore. And there needs to be significant changes. So I hope this leads to improvement because I do miss watching Barcelona speak. I think the whole sport, I think the sport's at its best when Barcelona is at its best. And they haven't been for a bit. And I think that was like the huge uh, reality check for them. So that would be my moment of the year. Man, I'm going to take this one back, back, very back to the beginning of the year. Man, say what you want about the guy, but seeing Connor fight, bro. That's a weird choice, but okay. Dude, he's the biggest star in the UFC, right? Like, well, no, no, one, no one's debating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember being in Miami for Dom's bachelor party, and we all were like, we stopped partying, and the whole club stopped partying to watch Connor. Man. Like, dude, that was crazy to me. And Connor coming back, and I know he didn't fight ever since the Cowboy fight. But, man, there's just that. I always would hear stories about, like, yo, you had to watch a Tyson fight back in the day. You had to watch the 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 big headlining boxing. And I think for our generation, MMA is that, UFC. For the combat sports fan, UFC is mm-hmm. that. 
And to have the biggest star come back and dude, one of the last times that you actually had an that you could remember where you had an audience yeah. in the crowd. Last times you could go out to a bar with like eight of your buddies and just yeah, sit at the not table. Have to worry about shit, yeah, you know. Get and free popper twelve, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I, I just loved it, man. And I know he finished Cowboy in like forty five seconds, but just the eruption from the crowd and just that you know, when when Biggie Smalls hits and he comes right. out the walk like that that vibe is just so for me, man, just seeing that, and I, I become a. There's gonna be a lot of UFC talk on this one this year in review, but for me, that moment was just. I know it's a weird one, but that was. A, yeah, because I just think the finish of that fight was just kind of forgettable, and it was just kind of weird. But right. I guess the significance of it was big because this was his first fight after Khabib, and there's been a lot of you know, drama and just people. There's been a lot of demand for it because one thing with Conor is you are gonna watch him. Mm-hmm. Don't care what your feelings are about him, you are going to watch him. And yeah, it was a big moment at the time, but I just, I just wish it was more of a, whether it's a memorable finish or just more of a competitive fight. Maybe I know you combine both things. Uh, that's why I forget about it a little bit. But no, of course it was a great moment, and uh, looking forward to seeing him in a month. Who would you say was? Um, sorry, what would you say? Excuse me. Game of the year. Well, Ravens Browns. I enjoyed that. Through Recently, and through that Monday night football game was a come bad. on, like it was crazy. Yeah, I thought it was gonna go downhill once Lamar had to go to the bathroom, but he came back, led two scoring drives, and I thought, I think it was cool to see Baker really. Baker made some big throws in that game, and he he looked apart. Yeah, I think that's the first time that I watched him. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a reason why he's yeah. the number one. Pick. And I know everyone say, okay, they use a lot of uh, naked bootlegs, a lot of play action. Like you don't see Baker making plays where he has to be a pure drop back passer, but like. He made some big time throws in that game, and it gets a really good Ravens defense. So I like seeing him step up, and you know I think Lamar had to get a little bit out of a slump as well because he came off that Dallas game where he looked at like he missed a lot of throws. So just seeing those two, seeing draft class as well, put on a show, and it was just so back and forth, and it was just cool seeing the Browns back in the spotlight on Monday night against a division rival, and forty-seven forty-two. Like who could not? Like who could say no to that? Uh, I did think it was a little bit exaggerated. People were saying, oh, this is the best Monday night game ever. I'm like, you do realize Chiefs Rams was two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not on that level. Both those teams, I think, were way better. Those are two real Super Bowl teams you're talking about. Ravens and Browns, I don't think they're really viewed as contenders. So, not, not trying to take away away from that game. I still think it's a game of the year. But, like, let's try to remember how great Chiefs Rams was. But, yeah. But that's my pick for this year. I think that was a phenomenal game. You know? So, so there was a part of me that thought you would say that, mm-hmm. and I have that as well. But I also have another one. My honorable mention was the Texans-Chiefs game in the playoffs, only oh, because wow. of the comeback and the whole scenario of, okay. you know, it's it's 21 nothing and it's like fourth and two, and they kick the field goal, and then it's 24 nothing. Right. Chiefs are plus 700 to win the game, and they go on this, like, 38 nothing run, mm-hmm. like some – Dude, they ended up taking the league going into halftime. And just, you saw what makes that team so special. What makes Mahomes so special. The comparisons that I've been making for years on here. For years of him to Steph Curry, the Chiefs to the Warriors, just erasing these 17-0 leads. And like, for me, I mean, dude, there was that game against the Dolphins where they scored two touchdowns in a minute and two seconds. Man. Like, no team has done that before. Like, yo, my dad was texting me the other day, and he goes, 
I can't wait for the Chiefs to be down ten nothing in the playoffs. He's like, we're putting he's like mortgage bets on them to win outright. He's like, yo, because it's so wild. You know, Mahomes is nine and zero in his career in which he has a ten point deficit in 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 the game. That's unreal. It's so crazy, and yeah. I know the game was boring because they blew him out after. But just like the way that right. Kelsey Hill and all these guys is running wild, and Mahomes doing playoff his thing, Sammy Watkins, baby, just unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. And so for me, I would yeah. I, I look what you said about uh, the Browns and and Ravens. That's the answer. Yeah. But for me, I also want to give honorable mention to I believe it was Game Six of the Nuggets Jazz series, just because watching Jamal Murray and, and Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell going back. The, yeah. The, like it was a lot of good memories from the playoffs, but that one in particular, just seeing the I think everyone knew Donovan Mitchell was like an established star, but I thought that series really established Jamal Murray. He's like, okay, this is a real problem. Like he always had promise. He was great coming at Kentucky. I was like. He, Big believer in him as a prospect, but I thought that series is okay. We have a new big time star on our hands, so you know it was a fun seven game. Although game seven was kind of a dud looking back on it, like that game was like old school nineties, it was yeah. like late seventies. And I think uh, Tory Craig missing that layup, I was so furious. I was like, how do you blow a layup in that situation? And then Conley could have won at the end, but it was still a cool series. And I just thought I love seeing those classic guard battles, so I want to give that an honorable mention. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one too. Um, all right, let's go to Athlete of the Year. It's kind of a lame choice, but I'm going Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say also. Super Bowl winner. I do think he kind of lost on MVP now after yesterday and just seeing what Aaron Rodgers is doing now. But look, his team's going to finish 14-2 or 15-1. and one. You know, Coming off a Super Bowl win, like how can I beat Mahomes? What about his offseason too, right? Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's doing quite well for himself. There. Yeah, you know, he only signed for yeah. half a billion fucking dollars. He's, he's got a couple commercials. You know, I think he needs to get with Baker Mayfield's agent <laughs> to get more commercials. <laughs> Yo, but, for yeah. real. Yo, how crazy is it that the two State Farm guys are one and two in MVP? Right? Rodgers and Mahomes. That's a stamp of approval right there. Yeah. Dude, me and Terrence spent like 25 minutes, exaggerating, like 20 oh. minutes on mm-hmm. why we both felt like Rodgers was the MVP. This is maybe week 13, 14-ish. You guys called it. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, and he yeah. was he was plus 650 to win the MVP at the time that we were having that conversation. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons why was because you, know, you just look at the hand that they've both been dealt where, you know, he didn't have Adams for a couple of games also. And He's lost Lazard. Yeah. He And Mahomes has way better weapons than right. Rodgers does. And you also have to look at um, like those primetime games, like Rodgers against New Orleans without Adams, big moment. Last night, tough conditions, delivered. Yeah. While Mahomes, that Denver game, only he should have more touchdowns. Andy Reid throws the challenge flag, you know, he probably would have another touchdown. But I didn't think Mahomes, you know, just the fact that they're 0-4 in the red zone against Denver, that kind of brings them down. I know they beat Baltimore earlier in the year, but I think that game was a bit of a dud. He didn't play all that great. So I just think, look, with MVP, like Russell Wilson be the first to tell you, you got to be on it pretty much every week. It's why Russell yeah. Wilson could probably never win it because he just slips up too much. So that's why I think Rodgers has just been so lights out. And then when you deliver in prime time, especially talk about New Orleans, Tennessee's, or you know, top teams, how can you not get it? Also, the MVP award has become a narrative-driven award and mm-hmm. the idea that they spent the first-round pick on a quarterback mm-hmm. and then they took a running back in the second right. round. So they didn't yeah. really... When you have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, yeah. like you didn't really help him much. Yeah. But like outside of the Tampa game, when was there a game where Rodgers like? But was that a was dud? a wacky game. No, no, too, I'm saying know? other, yeah, other yeah, than yeah. that game, when has Rodgers really had a dud this year? Right. I can't, I can't recall. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right for sure. Yeah, he's been flat out just balling, man, yeah. and you know, he's only 37, dude. He still probably has three, four like 
years of yeah. him being at a high it's level. Cr- crazy P- players and former players were even telling you like he's pissed off. Everyone's like, oh, all right, we'll yeah, see, bro. we'll see. Like, all right, I, th- I expect Rogers to play better this year, but like, how good is he going to be with that supported cast? Just the way that team's moving, and you just saw him and Lafleur really weren't clicking last year, and look at him now, man, he's good as ever. What's good, everyone? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. If you guys are listening to this and you wonder if I'm going to be in that Discord, obviously I'm going to be in that Discord. Q&A's with the boy. Come on now. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for the initial setup. Guys, as someone who used to use different hosting sites like SoundCloud to distribute the podcast, I was paying the same amount of money and I didn't have access to a discord. I didn't get personal cover art. I didn't have access to the top podcasters at the network. So this is, this is definitely worth your while if you're interested. So whether you're starting from scratch or you already got an existing show that you want to just grow the audience, hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Sport of the year. For me, man, UFC. I think the UFC to be the leader of the pact in the sense of, look, I know Dana White gets a lot of heat, right? You know, UFC fighter yeah. pay, the way he talks to journalists and yeah. reporters. He's kind of a dick to them. But listen, man, when the whole world was scrambling for ideas and how to keep the sport going, you know, they were they were testing athletes a lot. I was talking to Jared, and he's like, bro, yeah, I got tested like 12 times before my fight, you know? and This is in Abu Dhabi. This is going yeah. to Abu Dhabi. And then creating Fight Island 2 was a really cool concept. And that drew just a lot of attention. And it was the first sport back during the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? The Gaethje Ferguson was just... I remember I had a Zoom party with Josh Dunbar. A boss was in there too. <laughs> Danny were just... And Danny don't really watch UFC mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, yo, we haven't had sports in seven weeks. Like, this is dope. And they had the spotlight to themselves for a couple of weeks. And then from there, people were actually picking Dana White and the UFC's mind on how are you testing? How are Mm -hmm. you doing all these things? And I think they went on like a 22 straight week card every weekend. And they had those weird weeks where they had three cards in one week. Remember, Jared fought on like a Wednesday. Right. You know? Which is what they usually kind of do in July. yeah. Yeah. So I think, man, the UFC, you got to give them credit for keeping the, the show going and mm-hmm. and being able to give you some dope matches. Like we saw Paulo Costa and Adesanya. We've wanted that fight for two years. And mm-hmm. you saw you saw a all-time women's fight with, with Wei Lee and, and right. Joanna, which I was at. You yeah, know, that was like in I, March. I got yeah. to go to that. I know this is like pre-pandemic, but 
it's it's been cool, man. And I really think the UFC 2020 has been uh, a huge success. For Definitely them. been forward thinking just the way they've been so aggressive while you know giving fighters a chance to compete and you know providing you know the resources like okay you still could be a high level you still challenge for titles like we're still gonna put on big fights too we're not just gonna put on any fights we're gonna put on you know it's gonna be like we're operating as if you were having a crowd yeah like, there's no changes uh, i'm going nba though i think what just mm. i love what the nba did this year um really putting the bowl together giving a just a real safe environment and, and you know even trying to position like regular season games i was wondering like how are they gonna do this because you have certain teams that really shouldn't be there like the wizards for instance but okay we, we get through it and I just thought, you know, really taking a huge stance with what's going on with police brutality and the, you know, in, the inequality and all that. I think they, you know, give an idea of like, okay, let these players express themselves with the, on the back of their jerseys, and you know, we're gonna paint the court, and you know, we're gonna let them speak freely. Like I, I just thought, everything they did with that was beautiful. So Adam Silver, the whole team, and just you know, different sorts of players, whether it be LeBron or. Even someone like a DeMar DeRozan, you know, whoever it may be, like or Jamal Murray, who we mentioned before. I just thought NBA did a fantastic job in general this year. And I think how they put the playoffs together, I just love every day we had two or three games. And it'd be like a Wednesday at 1 o'clock and be a playoff game going on. It was just, it was cool how they formatted it. And I'm glad things, for the most part, moved on smoothly. And overall, we had like, what, four months of really mm-hmm. good action. So, salute to NBA. Well, that's a perfect segue into the next award, which is leadership role. And for me, it's Adam Silver. Okay. Like the way he handled it, I think there were, I don't know how many test positives there were in the Mm. bubble, but there weren't a lot. Mm. If like single digits, it was something just really well put and he controlled everything the right way. And he's always been a very pro player commissioner, which is weird because a lot of people forget that the commissioner is employed by the owners and he's always been like from day one, right? He comes out with the Donald Sterling shit. Like, yo, yeah. you can't say that. Right. You got to sell your fucking team, bro. Sorry. Uh-huh. And he's always been pro player and what he did with the bubble, creating the bubble and the testing and just how they went about it. Mm-hmm. Like this dude, I mean, he's did just a plus across the board. I don't think there's anything you can nitpick at what Adam Silver did with the NBA in, right. in 2020. And after the Jacob Blake's death, you know, when players are protesting two, three days, like that could have went South real quick. Yeah. And I would like to think he played a fundamental role in like getting everything together and making sure let's finish the season out. So definitely suits him. He was up there for me. I was going to pick him and I think he is probably the best choice, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Marcus Rashford plays for Manchester United. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. With this. I think yeah, what man. he did with the food campaign is just brilliant at a time when he wasn't really good, much backing from the English government, you know, Boris Johnson, all them. Uh, he originally, I think it was only supposed to be for like 400,000, but then he ended up raising like 20 million. It was basically to provide meals for students that couldn't afford it just to help the end of uh, food poverty in specifically manchester he's from there but then eventually all across england that's where uh because they were they got hit really hard like they were on lockdown for longer than most european countries so for him to take the initiative and i think he was starting to do work with uh, rock nation which he signed with Mm -hmm. to help uh help kids that are struggling with reading so between just going to you know the youth and helping them with two i think are the biggest issues when it comes to them not having meals and then him them struggling to read he's taken threshold in that and he, i think he's getting a lot of backing from different people i even think you know sir alex is even now yeah p- p- taking a big part in that so uh it's cool to see a super you know i would 
maybe not a superstar, but he's definitely a big time star. I think he's one of the biggest names in England. Maybe not on the global scale. Mar- Marcus Rashford is not quite there. He's still 23, so he has plenty of time. Yeah. But I think for him to take such a proactive stance, I think it's brilliant. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what more he could do. And, you know, this summer, the Euros, England, they're expecting him to deliver. So maybe he could finally deliver that major trophy. I know it's four years late for you, but. <laughs> Man. So Argentina, England, and the. Um, Just go with France. That's it. The, the, the Bucks have cost me a lot of money the last couple of years. Yeah. Just trying to fucking. Ugh. Yeah. Man, I called Miami, bro, in February last year. I had like five different people I called on the phone like, yo, there's a roadmap. They can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They can maybe get to the Finals. They're 25 uh-huh. to 1. Like, let's bet it. Let's bet it. Yeah. Eh, sit, sit on one. That's exactly yeah. what I fucking bet on. What a dummy. Um, all right. I don't want to talk about it no more. Yeah. Uh, Storyline of 2020. This could be, I guess, like sort of like a takeaway as well. What would you say is your biggest... Uh, storyline of the year. I, I want to sound repetitive, but I think it just has to be with what's going on with them, you know NBA, mm-hmm. what they did with given what was going on between George Floyd and then eventually Jacob Blake and just everything that's going on in the world with the protesting. I just think NBA is consistently that message is being sent through promos, through artwork on the court, to interviews, to just seeing stuff, whether it be Doris Burke or Taylor Rooks, like I just think that was like the huge storyline at a time where it was at its peak because the NBA came back in, it was like early August, right? Mm-hmm. Around then. So I just think at that time where it was still pretty high, um, what they were doing with it. And then eventually at one point, like, you know, the Bucks and the match just walking out and George Hill basically saying, why should we come out here? And just seeing different sorts of role players or even names you don't really mention. Even guys are retired. Like I think Steven Jackson what he did just being at the forefront of Minneapolis was amazing. It was really heart moving. So yeah, I think NBA just has to be the pick and, you know, them taking the biggest stance out of all the sport leagues. I went a little bit different with this storyline one, man. For me, it was the last dance. That's a big one for a good five weeks. It was the biggest talking point. It came at a time when we didn't have sports yet. We had just the UFC. It got rushed forward. Because this was something where I think this was a cool thing that like social media could be, bro, where mm. fans were clamoring for it so much that they're like, yo, we want that shit now, bro. There's nothing else yeah. on TV. And I think the biggest storyline was for our generation and for the younger generation to show us the aura and the power of that Bulls era and in particular Michael Jordan and getting to see what it was to be Michael Jordan and and how at a time when no social media Stude could go to, you know, Barcelona and he's the biggest star in the world Mm -hmm. in Asia and anywhere he would go. It was just like, it was like a rock and roll band from the early seventies and (laughs) eighties. And I think what it also did, Alan was for me, and I could be a Homer or a, or bias because I'm team LeBron in this scenario. I think it also showed us just how good these Bulls teams were. Like, he didn't have slab dick players on his team, bro. Like, Pippen's an all-time great. Rodman was the best defender in the league, arguably. You had Ron Harper. You had the two random white dudes in Paxton and Kerr that could hit a three Mm -hmm. when they needed to. You had Horace Grant. Like, you had the greatest coach of all time, arguably, if you look at just, like, resume and Phil Jackson. Yeah, Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc, <laughs> baby. Yes, sir. Euro style. But it showed you that, like, yo, those teams were dominant. But, yeah, was it 
it was a lot because of Michael Jordan, but it also shows you that like, yeah, he didn't have Zaza Pachulia and and like Daniel Gibson on his okay. team. Like he had he had studs on it, you know. And I think it was cool to just see the how the whole world, especially in the states, bro. You were tuned in to the Last Dance mm-hmm. Sunday night to watch that. I remember just texting my buddies. We had a group chat, like all the guys, like in between commercial breaks, yeah. like, yo, that was crazy, yo. Uh, Dylan's complaining, bitching and moaning that, like, oh my God, the fucking 12s are up 700 bucks on StockX <laughs> and the sneaker app because they're showing it. But man, I really think that the storyline for me in 2020 was the the resurgence of Jordan to the younger generation and mm-hmm. even this whole... 10 episode documentary which was mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal yeah it really educated people because yes, that's perfect because you know you hear stories especially being in new york because you hear oh why the knicks win a championship in the 90s and large bar that was because mm-hmm. of michael jordan so just being able to get like that real view of what went down and just seeing like what the 90s were like is a lot you hear a lot of old school nba fans talk about oh the 90s it was nothing like it well why was that let's get more of an explanation on it and you just saw it right there Michael Jordan. Who's the legend of the year? Adam Gase. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, oh, God almighty. Do, I, do to, I need to elaborate? No. Yeah, Adam Gase is just, man, what a what a guy who was doomed from the start when he first got here. Just uh, the press conference from the press conference is how animated he was and yeah. how he looked confused on there. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not much more to say to that one. That's a good one. I feel like Jeff fans have suffered so much. Like they're probably just looking forward to next Monday. Like, Oh, January 5th or is it fourth? Next Monday is January 4th. Yeah. January 4th. What, oh. what do they call it? Black Monday. Yeah. Right? Oh. Like all the coaches can't wait to just count yeah. down those hours, bro. I don't think he makes it to Monday. I think like the moment the game ends, it's like oh. you're fired. Okay. Well, like four twenty six. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, for me, the legend of the year. Where it's it's hard for you to to be a legend when you signed a two hundred twenty million dollar contract. For me, it's Paul George. I feel for Paul George, man. I, I feel I, for I, yo. Listen, I was banging the table in twenty eighteen that first year with the Thunder that he was the league MVP for like eight yeah. weeks. I was like, yo. He he should, right? Pieces around him, whatever. Like, he was the best player on that Thunder team. But, man, he goes on that podcast you like to listen to. Yeah, all the smoke. smoke. Yeah, he did make quite a bit of excuses. And a lot of excuses. And then, like, the super analytic people were like, yo, they actually used you a lot the way you were telling the guys they didn't use you yeah. and how you were best suited to be used. Yeah. I've mentioned at nauseum his playoff record and playoff resume as far as yeah he has a 28 point game but then he'll have a two for 17 and the complete no show when the team needed him most and you know you also gave up so much to bring him and Kawhi in and like Kawhi could be out after this year you know what I mean and it's just like this guy's a legend from the way he handled himself afterwards too and throwing like Doc Rivers under the bus and throwing the teammates under the bus and just to... The lack of accountability. Yeah, and yeah. also like he went at it with Dame 
Right, mm-hmm. like him and Dame had some beef. That was weak. And I just feel like, man, if you're a player, just don't go at Damian Lillard. He's like one of the most beloved players. Lately. Like, would you say top five most beloved players right now in the NBA, Dame Lillard? Yeah, I find it hard to find anyone that doesn't like Damian Lillard. Like, just don't. Even fans, right? Like, even like, like how can you not love him? Yeah, like, that's like guys like Paul George, Pat Beverly, just back off. Yeah, like Damian Lillard is doing it the way every fan wants it to be done, right? Mm-hmm. He's loyal to one team. He's been rocking with right, them. He's right, not right. chasing championships. Like Paul George has been on three different teams. Correct. You know, so, yeah, man, for me, Paul George, and, you know, congrats. You signed that big contract, but legend of the year, Paul George. Man. <laughs> it's not a bad choice. I just feel for him a little bit because I'm, I'm a genuine fan. And, look, he did mention whether I don't know how much significance of it, but like he mentally he was not in a good place yeah. in the bubble, so that's why well, I, want, of, I want to have a little sympathy. No, for of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 joking around yeah. this one, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it was it was something that crossed my mind when he was talking about the mental health stuff, yeah. and as you know, both of us have yeah. had our share fairs of it, but you know, two of seventeen in the playoffs <laughs> in a series where they're three one heavily favored. Three one. Oh my god, I didn't even mention that part too, man. Like everyone wanted to see Lakers Clippers. Yeah, as cool as the Nugget stories. Were, it was, like, come on. It was yeah. all about the Battle of L.A. Yeah. Um, all right. Comeback of the year. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers. I know this might sound a little Ooh. extreme, but like dude, people really thought Rodgers was falling off. And mm. there were some stats that indicate, okay, he's on a decline. I didn't think it was a steep decline, but people were talking about, like, like I, I want to bring fancy too much in this, but he was like, what, the 13th or 14th QB draft off the board? And people were even saying, we're not sure if he's even top 10, where you heard a lot of rumblings. I don't think Rodgers has any more okay he's still very accurate but he doesn't push the ball downfield he just seems like he's in it for himself he doesn't really listen to coaching staff like you'll see he takes these plays where it just he'll run out of the pocket and just do what he wants like he'll freelance too much which is one of the worst things to do as a qb and now look at him he's probably going mvp and he's just been on point pretty much every week so Aaron Rodgers, i just i've loved this kind of a redemption tour in a way he's kind of thrown it in everyone's face because even me i said oh he'll probably be like on the raiders next year Aaron, Rod- yeah. Aaron Rodgers now, like he's probably he's gonna be in Green Bay till he retires. Like, sorry, Jordan Love. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, this man's MVP. Yeah, and I what want- a fuck you to Green Bay. Right? It really and is. Rodgers just to everyone, not even Green Bay, but to everyone. Like they did nothing to help him in the yeah. offseason. And then he they signed MVP. Devin Funches, which like come on. Then he gets COVID, or he pulled out because of COVID. Yeah. But- just unbelievable to me i know some people was like is it really that much a comeback to me it is because people are really writing him off Nah, i think it's definitely a comeback bro yeah. when you have your team does nothing for you in the offseason or in the draft they address two positions that were not needs uh-huh. and then you come out and you lead the league in touchdown passes and you're basically the I mean, at the time we're recording, he's a front runner for MVP. And, you know, going into week 17, they still have something to play for. One season. So yeah. they still have the one season. So he's going to be out there playing. Where, right. like, Pat Mahomes, early indications are that they're going to yeah. pull the plug on him. And he's always talked about how he's never had an NFC Championship game in Lambeau. It's a divisional round game, as you know. But uh, NFC Championship game, think about Seattle. Them Giants, baby. Seattle and Chicago, yeah. both games are away. So he said that's the one thing. I'll never forget the... It was the, you know, they do like the sound effects where they'll put the mic on players. When uh, Green Bay was playing the Falcons in an NFC Championship game, they showed like it was two minutes left and Rodgers goes up to Jordy, goes, we got to have one of these games at Lambeau. I'm tired of going to these away stadiums. Like it's just enough of it. We got to be at Lambeau for these games. We got to play better during the regular season. I remember just hearing that. I was like, wow, makes a great point. And you just see Jordy there just nodding his head. So I think Rodgers has wanted this for a long time. And 
even though it's coming at a real difficult time given with COVID and you're not gonna get that full experience. I think Roger sees this as an opportunity, like, oh wow, NFC's couldn't be more wide open. It's the year. Let's get that NFC championship game at Lambeau. Let's go to Super Bowl. My comeback player of the year is undoubtedly Alex Smith. Oh. Can't go all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Just coming back. I mean, everyone knows about his uh injury and seventeen surgeries, bro. Almost lost his leg. Almost lost his life, dude. Got an yeah. infection, like and to come back and to play. And look, he's never done it for me as a quarterback, but that's not what the conversation is about. This no, just, just the fact that yeah. he went out there, it's been it's been remarkable. He might play a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he might. And also I think uh Vanessa Hudgens has had a fantastic twenty twenty. Okay. Bad Boys three came out earlier in the year and you know, she's, she's a, a stud. She's a great girl. Yeah, you gotta say anything wrong about her. Yeah, you yeah. can't. No, come on now. Let's yeah. let's move on before you start talking reckless yeah. about a great girl. Um, okay, how about this one? Fall from Grace Award. Not easy pick, Carson Wentz. Yo, dude. Like, I, what the fuck, man? Like, I know this one hurts you, especially. Major L. Yeah, but to Yo, me, I don't think anything comes close. The, the two biggest L's I've taken in this offseason coming into the pod and then th- throughout the year mm-hmm. is uh, Carson Wentz and also uh, Seattle winning eight games. I, I tried to warn you with that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I really did. Dude, oh man! I mean, sometimes was, you can't go with analytics. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Ultimately, greatness takes over, and Russell Wilson was playing at such a high level, and mm-hmm. they just they've just played. You know, at the prior to week eight this year, they were seventeen and five in one score games in their last twenty three right. that they played, twenty two that they played. So there's something about them. But so you say Carson Wentz, real quick. Where do you think he ends up? I hope Indy. Getting back with Frank Reich, try to just get back his confidence, you know, redevelop his mechanics, and just get him in a comfortable system. Yeah, that would be the ideal. They revived Rivers. Rivers was terrible last year. And yeah. I don't think Rivers has been great, but Rivers is functional at this point. I just want to see Wentz be functional because you just see him in the pocket. He it seems it seems like six different things are going on in his head. The way he's just moving around, the way he runs into sacks too. That's always the worst side. When you see an experienced quarterback literally running into pressure, good night. Yeah. Man, for me, I'm going to say San Francisco, the 49ers. Oh, that's harsh. It is, right? That's extremely harsh. I was thinking, I put I put injuries with a question mark on that. That is, oh, man, I'm fully against that. <laughs> that's the only feeling. But, yo, think about it, right? Like, they, they're in the Super Bowl. If they complete that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, they probably win the Super Bowl. And then to then have, like, they had the year from hell, right? Yeah, but, like, they beat the Cardinals and the Rams on the road. Like, they've had some good wins this year. Yeah. Wait, they swept the Rams. Did they? I'm not sure. Can you check that, Eric? If they, they, if they swept the I Rams. I know they won on just... Sunday night. No, they did. Cause, and then they won the game winner with Robbie. So they swept the Rams this year. They just beat the Cardinals. Okay, they lost to Seattle, but. Yo, I know it's going to sound crazy, but that win they had against the Giants when, like, 19 starters <laughs> were out and they just demolished the Giants yeah, at home. They like, went back to back on the New York team. That was that was a big one too. Yeah. So yeah, maybe this is this is being harsh. I totally agree with you. But going from the Super Bowl to all the injuries and and all this stuff, I think it's fall from grace from being in the Super Bowl to not making the playoffs. Did they beat the Rams twice? Yeah. You're talking about the yeah. No, 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 Niners. Niners. Yeah, just just let me know. Because I know they won that Sunday night game, and I believe they won at there because Robbie Gold hit the game winner. Niners won back in October, and then they won again. Yeah, yeah. So Kinlaw had that pick six. Yeah. So they've had some impressive wins. They're not an easy out. So 
I'm, I'm, I've loved San Fran, so I'm, I'm, I think it's a harsh pick. A little bias of Shanny, huh? No, but they've had good wins this nah, year. Nah, you're right. And you're they compete. Right. Like, I know the, all right, the Monday night game against Buffalo was rough. Like, Josh Allen, oh, man, he put on a show. But yeah, I they just think there's been worse. Like, Carson Wentz, like, man. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Yeah. I don't want to say Carson Wentz because I'm taking the L's left and right on that one. Um, we kind of talked about this before, but, like, takeaway, right? You think we, we should skip this over? Which one? Just takeaway of 2020? Yeah, we've kind of... We've kind of... Yeah. How about uh, Revelation? How about... Get a little personal for this one. Oh, I thought we were going to sports for this one. Uh, give me sports. Give me okay. whatever you want. However you want I'm to do this I'm going back one. to soccer. I just... That whole Bayern Munich run, I enjoyed mm. every minute of that. Just because... Like, Bayern, they've been a little bit on the radar ever since Pep left. They've kind of faltered a little bit in Champions League. They haven't had much, uh, I guess, stability management-wise. Like, okay, they win the Bundesliga, but you know, that's their, it's their league. They're like, that's like PSG with the Liga. But I just the way they just were handling teams in Champions League, and I just love their collection of younger talent. And then you know, Lewandowski finally got on the big stage, and you know, guys like Serge Gnabry and Kimmich and... Like I just I love just the integration of both things and just they had this manager Hansi Flick who just came out of nowhere just an assistant. Next thing you know they're they're just putting on shows. Yeah, they're just they have this three four goals here and then we talked about the Barcelona demolition I, and I really thought that final was really well played. You know I I think they deserved it in the end. You know PSG had their chances but I thought it was a really fantastic mm-hmm. final, real, real high quality. So uh, yeah I'm gonna give it to Bayern because I think they when it comes to European play. They just—they really have not been on the radar as much compared to you know the Spanish teams and you know like so Liverpool and Manchester City. So uh, salute to Bayern and uh, what they've done. It's funny you mentioned Bayern because they're a soccer team. I have something for soccer here. Man, the USA is going to win a World Cup. All right, let's, we'll see. They're going to win a World Cup. Are you going to be tight that they're going to win one before not, Croatia? Not tight. I just want to see them actually like win a knockout stage game. Yo, that's, that's the first step. Yeah, baby steps. Let's make it out the group <laughs> that's first. What I did. I, and I was telling Croatians this too. And they did it. They're like, can we just win a knockout stage game? You know, you know how hard is it to win a knockout stage game? Yeah. There's so much pressure that goes behind that. Yeah. Yo, dude, I just think this influx of youth players all over the world is just... Oh, it's super exciting. It's. I absolutely love Winston McKinney. I get, think. get on board now if you're not like... I, I've, because Juventus is on often, I just love how Pirlo is like all in on him. He just picked this young American. Th- think about it, like he was, Schalke is one of the worst German teams. This is where he came from, Winston yeah. McKinney. And Pirlo just said, no, I want him in my lineup and we're going to play him like at least, if not every week, we're going to make sure he's an integral part of our team. And, you know, what he's doing, uh, Sergio in Barcelona, he's exciting. I'm still waiting to see a little more from Tyler Adams. And you know, we obviously know Pulis is just a real deal. So, Reina too, man. Yeah. No, there, you have every reason to be excited yeah. about it. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just saying, understand. First of all, let's try at least enjoy 2022. There is a World Cup 2022. I know it's a buzzkill. Look, Winter World Cup, this, it's it's not ideal. But, you know, let's prepare for it, though. Because when that comes, we're going to be excited. Like, Hell I, yeah, like, I, like I, don't care, I don't care what the situation is. It's a World Cup. I'm going to be excited. Yeah, so. man. Yeah. yeah but so. it's, it's, it's a good time. And there's yeah. really some... There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of young guys that are playing on big clubs. Mm-hmm. And I think that was... That was the biggest revelation for me. And even my dad, too. My dad's, like, super critical of American soccer. He says sometimes, like, ah, you want it to be more than a thing. But he's like, man, he's like, he's already on board with Gio Reyna being the best player of all those guys. Really? Or Pulisic, man. Yeah, okay. yeah, and he loves Dest. 
Sergio yeah, does. It, yeah. He's yeah, man. It's you know, and they have Stefan too, Zach Stefan. He's from the MLS. He plays at Man City as well. Right. I hope he goes somewhere else because like, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be a star there. Yeah. But eventually gets opportunity yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, he uh, kind of like I wouldn't even say split times, but when they play like a low budget EPL team, he'll get like a star. Yeah. But the big derbies, they play the other guy, yeah, Ederson. But man, and then the revelation I kind of talked about in the beginning, how it's um it's a team effort over here. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited for 2021, which leads us to our last question. Give me a bold prediction for 2021. Okay, I have to set the precedent here. I'm only saying this if it happens. If he, I need him with a new coaching staff. So if he had, gets a new coaching staff, Justin Herbert will be a top five quarterback next year. I'm already fantasizing about betting him to an MVP. Second year, QB, making that leap. I, if the Chargers won a major, because that's the most cursed organization, could you imagine seeing like an MVP from the Chargers? Like it would just be incredible. But uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I I'm completely sold on him. I just think you know, you, I I know you hate the term arm talent. And it gets a little annoying, but you want to talk about a guy who can make literally all the throws. He's the guy. Yeah, like he is just sensational, and he moves a lot better than I thought. Like, oh, I thought yeah. he was a bit of a statue. No, they use nah, him. He could. They, they run the option. He can move, man. So. Uh, it's exciting times for him. I just need I need a new coaching staff. I need a coaching staff that will let him actually throw the ball forty times and like it push the ball more downfield. Like I watched Chargers Falcons and they ran about fifteen screens. I was like, you are wasting this guy's time. Let him be aggressive. So as long as he gets a new coaching staff, get him get him Brian Dayball, maybe Joe Brady, you know Arthur Smith. Even though I come on Arthur Smith to go to the Falcons, no be enemy. You think because it's in division, maybe he doesn't do that? I don't think. I think the enemy's been with Mahomes for so long. It's like, do I want to coach against this guy? Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's a good point. <laughs> so just get him a good offensive mind, and I think Justin Herbert's going to flourish. He's already flourishing, but I want him to be in a position where he could play games in January. My bold prediction is LeBron gets five. It's not really a bold prediction because they're the favorite to win the title. There's nothing in sports I want more that doesn't involve my favorite teams winning championships than him getting six championships. Because what do you say then? Nothing. You can't, right? Nope. But you know there's going to be assholes and morons being like, well, he's lost more times in the finals. It's like, yeah, but he has six. He spent his whole career in the finals. That's sports. Like, never good enough. It's never good enough. It's just, yeah. That's, you just got to erase it. That's it. I, I live my life with that saying, never good enough. It's just, <laughs> no, no matter what it is. Like, just enjoy it. You know the intelligent takes and just take it for what it's worth. Like, I know it's it's annoying because like you'll see you'll go on Twitter and like there's some just headlines that it's thrown right in your face that you can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't afford you can't avoid certain takes. It's just thrown right at you. Yeah. No matter how much you want to raise certain people out of your life, certain media outlets, it's like damn, this is getting retweeted. It's still here, but I don't know. Maybe just don't put so much emotional stock into it because there's just some people that are miserable, man. What are you gonna do? Yeah. That's a good point. I I don't know why they're so angry about LeBron. There's still there's still people out there that have a vendetta against him. I'm like, let it go. Like, guy put what he's done over the past two decades. Like, come on, who could replicate that? On and off the court. Yeah. It's just so outrageous. Dude, this was fun. Um another year down. A pleasure as always. Um We'll talk after the show about what we're gonna do for the playoffs, but you'll be here in Allen. Um, throughout the next couple of weeks on playoff previews and whatnot. Going to be going back to the basics of breaking down each game, matchups and whatnot. But thank you all for listening. If you haven't checked out the Dylan podcast, check that out. Check out the um, – just check out everything, man. YouTube channels pumping out stuff. 
and patreon.com slash veterans minimum at the lamb show is where you can find me at veterans minimum is where you can find everything for the show alan what's the social media alan underscore stark that's a double l e n underscore s t r k is that on twitter and instagram is the same one yes i don't think i've ever asked you that but i just assumed yeah. but yeah thanks everybody and we'll catch you next time this dog off the leash and it's ready to kill kill homie go finish your meal i'm coming for real taking that food right off of your grill nicky too ill can't let it drop on me spill clogging the lane i'm feeling the strain i'm here for the spot to be filled not to be cocky but all of you watching while i'm in the cup paying property bills Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.